Today we are going to talk about the life-giving spirit, the message. Lord, help us and let the message be understood. Let the word go forth. Let the entrance of the word bring light and illumination, wisdom, understanding, health, wealth, joy, peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, today we are going to preach about the life-giving spirit of God. It is otherwise called the mercy seat in the Old Testament. The mercy seat is the atonement sacrifice that takes away our sin and, and brings life and goodness back to us. Let us open our Bible and begin to study and begin to go ahead. Romans 3, 23 to 25. Romans 3, 23 to 25. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So the place we read now says, For all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. You remember last last week during the third day meeting, the last message here was the glory of God. And we understood that the glory actually came down. Of course, the glory doesn't need to come down. The glory is already in you. Christ in you is the, is the hope of that glory. So that glory is already at work in you. It is at, at work in your mouth as you speak it. It is at work, the glory of the Lord. You know, that is Christ in you. But the glory was all over, because the glory of the Lord shall rise upon us. Now, that glory is the Holy Spirit, is Christ in us. Now, he said, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. That word propitiation is a literal word which means it is the mercy seat. That is the mercy seat. Propitiation, that is the mercy seat. So when we are talking about propitiation, we are talking that Jesus and, and the blood of Jesus, that is the message. That's, that's what God sees and freely forgive us and freely grant us righteousness and freely give us his grace. Now look at the situation of the world before the, before the propitiation. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then what is the remedy? 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God had set forth to be an atonement. The atonement altered. The propitiation. The mercy. Through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. That are passed through the forbearance of God. Now in the Old Testament. Once in a year, the high priest will carry the blood. He will enter the most holy place. And he will go to the mercy seat. And the mercy seat is on top 
of the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that the law which is holding us down is inside the Ark of the Covenant. Is inside the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that the law is inside the Ark of the Covenant. Then the mercy seat is on top, above the Ark of the Covenant. Even that position, that that physical position alone shows you that mercy or grace is higher than the law. The grace is higher than the law. The law is inside the box. But the mercy, the mercy seat or the grace is right above, on top. Somebody shout, Amen. So we want you to listen and um, note what is happening so that you know where your power, where you look for the power you need, power with God, power with God. Now, life-giving spirit. Then there is a very important place in the Bible, and I want you to listen, we're not going there now. The word of the Lord says the first Adam was made a living soul. The first Adam was made from the dust and God breathed unto him and he became a living soul. Every person can become a living soul, no problem about that. Living soul means that you are alive, but you don't give life to anything. That's what living soul means. At least you have gotten your own life, you are breathing, but you have no power to give that life to another. That was what the first Adam was. And we know what happened to the first Adam. He was a man of the dust. Then he fell into sin. The rest is known to all of us. But the second Adam, whom I am ex excited to talk about, concerning the life-giving spirit, propitiation. The second Adam is completely different from that. The second Adam came from above. The second Adam is God. The second Adam has every, everything, every appearance of God, every nature of God. And the second Adam was made a living spirit, a life-giving spirit. That is called quickening spirit. So the Bible said that the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So what is the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam? The first Adam is a living soul. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So Jesus, who is the last Adam, we, we saw Jesus, we saw him, we saw his birth, we saw his growth without sin, then he became a ransom the Lamb of God. He died. His blood became the blood of atonement. And then we saw that he died. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. So when the last Adam, Jesus, rose from the dead, that the Bible says he became the life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit in the sense that he is no more limited. He is everywhere at the same time. He can walk through walls. He can walk through closed doors. He is a spirit. Yet he has bones. He has flesh. Yet he is a spirit. So that is the life-giving spirit. And it is that same Jesus who resurrected. Not before he resurrected. But that same Jesus who resurrected. The resurrected Christ. 
the one that overcame death, the one that rose again, it is that same Jesus that entered into the human heart. So what we receive is the quickening spirit, the life-giving spirit. When anybody receives Jesus today, he receives life-giving spirit. The last Adam is life-giving spirit. Now, this is so important. This is how we rightly divide the world. That is why, this is the main reason why Jesus said it is important he goes. It is important he goes so that we can receive the life-giving spirit. Because if he remains, he will become like an individual. Though he will do a lot of works, signs and wonders, but he will remain as an individual. But if he goes to heaven and sheds his spirit, and that same spirit enters into anybody, that same spirit will give life. That is life-giving spirit. And that is why we have seen many sinners turn to righteous people. We have seen many prostitutes turn to believers and righteous saints. We have seen murderers change. We have seen dying people raised from the dead. We have seen sick people healed. We have seen the power of the life-giving spirit of Jesus. So this is the good news. Now, that is why in 25, in Romans 25, you see that he said, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. That word propitiation is one who is the ransom, who takes the problem and gives the solution. He absorbs the problem and then releases the solution. Jesus is the propitiation. And we receive every good thing by our faith in his blood. And we receive the gift of life. We receive abundant life. We receive the gift of righteousness. We receive the fruit of his spirit. We receive forgiveness of sin. We receive power to make wealth. We receive every good thing through our faith in his blood. That is the mercy seat. When the high priest will enter the Holy of Holies once in a year, he will sprinkle the blood of the bull, the blood of the goats, the sheep, the lamb, the bull, whatever blood, he will sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. He will sprinkle it seven times. And then God will answer. Today, we don't need to sprinkle the blood of bulls or the ash of the heifer. We don't need to sprinkle the blood of goats. We don't need to sprinkle the blood of lambs because the true Lamb of God has become propitiation. He has become the ransom. He has become the mercy seat. It is Jesus whom we look at. And then it is also Jesus whom the Father looks at. And he gives us the mercy. When Jesus stands on our behalf, the Father sees him. The Father grants us mercy. He grants us favor. He grants us grace. Let us see that in the book of Hebrews 4.16. The book of Hebrews 4.16 says we should come 
with boldness, with confidence, to the throne of grace, to the mercy seat. Let somebody read it there quickly. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You remember last week when we studied about the glory of God, the four things that, that we said that make up the glory of God in the word of God, Exodus 33, where God says, his goodness, his name, his grace, and his mercy. Now, in the time when Jesus sacrificed himself and went to heaven, the same word is inviting us. He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. So we are now, whenever we kneel down to pray, whenever we call upon the name of the Lord, our prayer, our supplication will, will appear before the throne of God, the throne of grace, that we may obtain or receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. The time of need is the time whenever we pray, is our time of need. Whenever we are praying, whenever we are supplicating, whenever we are asking, whenever we are pleading with the Lord, that is our time of need. And the Bible says we are going to receive the answer. What is the answer? Mercy and grace. We will receive mercy and will find grace. You can see that in the very presence of God, before the mercy seat, before the quickening spirit, the life-giving spirit of Christ, when, whatever we ask, whenever we approach that place, we will receive mercy and we will receive grace. Oh, that is fantastic. That is, that is wonderful to know that the blood of Jesus has already provided for us grace and mercy. So having known that, we now know that the last Adam is life-giving spirit. Please know that. The last Adam is life-giving spirit. The first Adam is living soul. But the last Adam is life-giving spirit. You can't compare the two. The first Adam is just living on his own. He's, he's just enjoying life. But he cannot give anybody any life. But the second Adam has ability, has effort in the spirit that gives life to other people. So if the spirit that is in Christ, if the spirit, the same spirit, the same life-giving spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and restored all his life, if the same spirit is in you, hallelujah, he will quicken your mortal body. Somebody say, I am quickened. Say, I receive life from the life-giving spirit. So now, what do we say to our health? Now that we know that we can receive life spirit from the spirit of Christ. That spirit that raised, that came back again from the dead. The same spirit is in us. Now, look at what we do when we have ill health. When we are in need to be healed. In the book of Proverbs 14.30. You know, when we have Jesus in our heart, something happens, a heart at peace results by having Jesus in our heart. Let somebody read Proverbs 14.30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Wonderful, fantastic. A heart at peace, a heart that has Christ, the Prince of Peace, gives life to the body. But envy 
That means life that has no Christ. Rust the bones. So what we are saying is that Jesus is the life-giving spirit. When you have him in your heart, remember that the heart is the center. Remember that the heart distributes to every part of the body. Remember that the Bible said we should keep our heart with all diligence. From there is the issue of life. Where springs? Spring of life from our heart brings all issues of life. So we know that if we invite the life-giving spirit in our heart, we know that first of all, peace will come to our heart. Secondly, it will minister to our whole body. This is fantastic. A heart that has Christ is a heart at peace. Then it gives life to the body. But the house, the heart that has envy and jealousy and all the works of the flesh leads to the rotting of the, the rust of the bones. Please know that it gives healing in our hearts if we have Jesus. Now in Psalm 119.25, we saw the prayers of David. He said, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. You see, when a man is at the point of death, his soul cleaveth to the dust. But if the man can speak out to the Lord and say, quicken thou me, that, that word quicken means give life to me. Give life to me according to thy word. The Bible says, David was comforted in his afflictions for God quickened him. God brings life again to him. God restores life back to him. So when we pray and ask God to give us life, so that life comes from the quickening spirit. That is Jesus in us, the quickening spirit. Jesus is the quickening spirit. Jesus is the life-giving spirit. Jesus is the last Adam who was made life-giving spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Now, in Psalm 119, where we, where we are reading 50, he said, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word had quickened me. In affliction, what do we do? We look unto the quickening spirit. How many people have had affliction here before? How many people do have affliction? In that affliction, we look unto the life-giving spirit, the spirit of Christ. He will quicken us. That word quicken means he will give life. Life-giving. So today, we are talking about life-giving spirit, the propitiation or the mercy seat. So the mercy seat is no more on top of any box. The mercy seat is Christ who is in your heart. Christ who is in your life. That is the mercy seat. So we have the mercy seat already in our heart. We have Christ in us. You see in Colossians 1, in 27 it says what? To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Very good. So the message is now in you. The message is the presence of God that has blood, which is your atonement, which is your propitiation, which is your ransom. That same spirit is in your heart. So remember that that Christ in you is now the hope of glory, the answer to your problems, the answer to, to your weakness, the answer to sickness, 
the answer to life, to poverty. The answer, all the answer, the solution is the Christ in you. He is the hope of glory. So when you see a child of God, a Christian, when you see him walking, he is everything within, he is a carrier of the solution. He has the risen Christ in him, in his heart. And he has the answers to the world problem. That's why Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That means that you are the answer. You are the solution to darkness of the world. What is the problem of the world? Darkness. What is the answer? Light. And Jesus said to you, you are the light of the world. Somebody say, say to yourself, say, I am the light of the world. Please, this is the things Christians should be saying and confessing. This is the world that is so powerful. I also want to show you from where we read that the last Adam is from the dust and the second Adam came from above, the quickening spirit. You've already known that already in 1 Corinthians 15.45. He said, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a life quickening spirit. A life quickening spirit. Record it and have it whenever you you don't know where to go, you have where to go. When you don't know where to go, know that you have to go to the to the quickening spirit, the life giving spirit. When you become weak, you don't have strength. When you are blank, you don't have wisdom, you don't know what to do. Turn to the life giving spirit. It is right inside your heart. If you don't know how to trigger, bring a Bible and begin to read, he will connect with the world. Always connecting with the world. Okay? But he is the spirit that is in your heart. If you are born again, he is in your heart. Now, Ephesians 2, 1. Ephesians 2, 1. Let somebody read it to show that you have already been quickened. Now, read Ephesians 2, 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you have he quickened who was dead in trespass and sin. So if you are born again, don't call yourself a sinner anymore because you were quickened, you received life, the life-giving spirit has given you life, it was before, when you were dead in sin and trespasses. Colossians 2.13, let somebody read. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having forgiven you all trespasses. The word of God is proclaiming that you have been quickened. That means you have life in you now. Now I want you to hold your heart and say, I have life in me. Say it again. Say, I have life in me. So Jesus has already quickened you. The quickening spirit is living in your, in your heart. From your heart, yeah. he is supplying life to every part of your body. Hmm. That is a wonderful thing. So we now rebuke every sickness. Every invading, invading army, we overthrow them, we overcome them by the power of the blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, we speak to every enemy. Every enemy, we say, turn back, because we have the quickening spirit in our life. In our heart, we have the quickening spirit. We have the one who died, 
But he rose again on the third day. He rose again and he conquered death and conquered the world. He said, I've overcome the world. The same entered into the room where they were praying without opening the door. He entered into closed doors. He entered into everything. And now he is in our hearts. Therefore, we fear no more death. We fear no more threatening enemy. Because the quickening spirit has reversed every dying thing in our lives. Now, I want you to take one minute and speak to every dying thing in your life. Command that thing to live again. Command that thing to receive life from the, from the life-giving spirit of Jesus in you. Command your heart to live. Command your, your mind to be alive. Command your blood to be sanctified. Command your flesh to receive life. Command your bone to receive life. Command your marrows. Command every vessels in your body, every area of your body. Lay your hand, lay your hand upon your heart, lay your hand upon your head, lay your hand upon every aspect of your body. Ask the quickening spirit to take charge of you, to show forth, to manifest. Life-giving spirit, thank you, Father, the glory has come. I command every part of me, my blood, my bladder, my head, my mind, my brain, my organs, wherever it is, I command life, 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 life back to you. Because the life-giving spirit is in my heart. I command my heart to release life to every part of my body. I command my heart to release, to release life to my brain, to my blood, to my tissues, to my bones, to, to my arteries, to my veins, to my spinal cord, to, yes, to my lungs. Let the life of God touch every part of me. Let the bones receive life. Let the marrows receive life. Let the kidney receive life. Let the liver receive life. Let the pancreas receive life. Let the veins receive life. Let the blood receive life. <laughs> Let the intestines receive life. Let the brain receive life. Let the ear receive life. Let the eyes receive life. Let my tongue receive life, let my mouth receive life, let my teeth receive life, let my tongue receive life. Let every part of me receive life. Command life. Tell your nose to receive life. So that they can breathe the air of life. The breath of, the breath of life. The breath of life. Tell your hair to receive life. My hair receive life. Oh, tell every part of you, your legs to receive life. The toes. Command them to receive life. Command your heart to spring life to every part of you. Christ is in your heart. And your heart is governing your whole body. The whole of you. Take command from your heart. Thank you, Father. The mercy seat. The mercy seat is in your heart. The mercy seat. The life-giving spirit. The quickening spirit. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you glory. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray.